I come from a poor family, yeah, yeah. We ain't never had a lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Lord been good to us, yeah, yeah. Now we riding on the top, yeah, yeah, yeah. I come from a poor family, yeah, yeah. Welcome back to the boat, guys. Builder of all things podcast. Richie, good morning. Good morning, Ray. <laughs> yeah. Happy Wednesday. Happy um, Wednesday. Got our coffees here going on. Can you believe it's uh, almost the end of June? Man, June is closing up really fast. Yeah, 2021, yeah. we're about to be over the hump. This is summertime. Yeah, people we're are in, uh, coming out of the woodworks. and uh, <laughs> They definitely are, especially in the Midwest, you know, uh, where heard, I'm from. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard um, in Maui, there was about 20,000 tourists. Oh, wow, um, that is a lot. And I've heard that um, the car rentals were kind of like hard to uh, get, super expensive. Yeah, they're like oh. five times the price. That's what I've been hearing. But um, you know, my pops is coming out in December, and uh, hey. he said he already uh, has his rental locked down. But he said it's super expensive. Oh man, still, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well, time's ru- time's flying. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you might have to borrow a company truck, maybe say some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially this podcast. This is episode 11, Rich. Let's do it. Man, so good. 11. I'm excited, uh, yeah. Just such a blessing. So grateful to be here. Just uh, have a opportunity, a platform where we can share about our faith mm-hmm. um, and, and our business. Uh, so it's pretty cool. For you listeners out there and uh, viewers, thank you so much for joining us joining us today and uh, riding with us through um, our journey here in yeah. um, Builder of All Things. So, Richard, let's get into the first stream. <laughs> let's do it. First stream is going to be, are you religious, spiritual, or just faith-based? Oh, um, dang. So am I religious, spiritual, or am I just mm-hmm. faith-based? So what, what is the difference? Right, right. We got <laughs> to uh, differentiate those We got to break those down. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I could just share what they are to me. Uh, I don't know if I'm the knower of all things. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not the builder of all things. <laughs> so uh, that's all God. Give him the glory. Um, but um, I'll share what I my perspective on what the three are and then uh, share where I fit in the midst of that. Um, Religious religion to me is like um, it could be used as, you know, a word that uh, can define what you believe in. Right. Uh Um, It also could be, I've heard it in more of in a negative tone in, in my later years, just as something that, it's a lot of rules, you know, especially in Christianity, you know, a lot of things changed when Jesus I can, came. Uh, relate, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can relate to that uh, rule-based. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, just understanding, you know, religion, I think, what is the word? It's when something's habitual, right? It's religious. Mm. It's done all the time. There's a consistency. It becomes, you know. I like how you use habitual. That's a very good... Um, you know, a preconception, I guess. Yeah. Or yeah. Kinda, it's almost tied in together it's like in the culture. You, it's like if you do something religiously, right? You're doing it all the time. And so religion is something um, I think is a practice, mm-hmm. right? That's how I perceive it anyway. Um, you know, it's something you practice. So am I religious? I would say, yeah. I mean, I should hopefully, yeah. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> um, hopefully. But right. when, when the negative tones come in about religion, I think it's when... There's so many rules, um, and then people start using those to set a standard. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you got to be real careful. Uh, you know, uh, where none of us are perfect or can meet this perfection in a religious state or in something you believe in. You know, uh, being a certain person. So, um, am I religious? Religious in that matter, or do I have a religion where I have to meet a certain standard? I I don't. I can't, and mm-hmm. I admit that. No, yeah. but I definitely want to practice. You know what I can to be the best version of myself to you know but ultimately whatever I do in my faith I'm not 
going to please God. And I think there's always that wrestle with our flesh, especially mine, um, that I'm always trying to please God. Like stories in the Bible of yeah. Cain and Abel is where it first started, right? Yeah. You, <laughs> Cain and Abel, you know, um, you know what happened with Adam and Eve. Gosh, mm-hmm. let's take it to the beginning, Ray Dog. Let's go all the way Genesis, back to Genesis, man. Man. The beginning. The Genesis beginning. Genesis really, literally means the beginning. <laughs> yeah, right? That's, yeah, take so let's take it back to the beginning with, with my, my G-Paw, you know, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, Adam and Eve, uh, you know, let's go through the story real quick, quick if you all don't know, is uh, Adam and Eve, you know, Eve, um, there was a tree in the middle of the garden that mm-hmm. they were living in that God gave them, you know, gave them this garden and said, hey, yo, you know, take care of this. This is yours. Steward it. You know, yep. I'll, I'll be here if you need me. Um, I'm going to come by every now and then. We'll have coffee. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Adam and Eve are doing a thing, but he said, don't eat this one uh, tree. It's I'm still sharing with you. It's the knowledge of good and evil, but uh, mm-hmm. you're not, I didn't build you to eat this because I don't mm-hmm. want you to know the difference between these two because I made you good, mm-hmm. right? So don't even touch this tree. And then we end up touching a tree. Um, you know, Eve Eve uh, dipped in and uh, shared it with Adam, and then boom, you know, both of them are, uh, you know, they're like recognized. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's like they were gained the knowledge and the difference between good and evil. It's yeah. like, oh, wait a minute. Now I know what it's like to know the difference. What mm-hmm. is good and what is bad. What is bad? What is bad is what's separated from God, what mm-hmm. God is not attached to. And certain things is like, you know, God didn't build us to look at ourselves like we do in the mirror. Mm. You know, mirrors are like, they're okay and I get them, but God didn't build us to look in the mirror to check ourselves like you know, in, in a, in a separation from him. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, now we're looking at ourselves and that's why I think he put that tree in the center. Cause now we, we just became self-centered, right? (laughs) All of a sudden it's like, Oh, cause our guy, our eyes were always on his creation and who created it. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden when we ate this tree, this knowledge kicked in like, wait, look at yourself. And then we looked down, we're like, Oh, shucks, we're naked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like we became self-centered, self-aware, self-awareness kicked in and uh, whatnot. And so, um, you know, looking at that, uh, God noticed, like he knew, he's like, oh, hold on. Somebody just ate, somebody has the knowledge of themselves and I didn't build them to recognize themselves like that. You know, they weren't Mm -hmm. created like that. So like he does his normal stroll, coming to join them for some coffee in the morning. Yeah. They had coffee. I'm guaranteed they had coffee. They brewed it differently. I would but... want to try the coffee. <laughs> yeah, Sounds that, like the best. <laughs> I know. That Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. <laughs> man, that dirt. I mean, <laughs> that soil must produce the beans of all beans. I'm man. pretty sure someone made Garden of Eden coffee. I mean, trade like not trademark, but you know, someone yeah. came up with it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Uh, yeah. Continue. So, you know, um, yeah. Uh, God came and he realized that they recognized themselves as naked. They hid, you know, mm-hmm. they were ashamed. So even like looking today, like all the animals of the earth, man, why do we wear clothes? Like, I'm really going on a tangent here, but <laughs> it's like, <clears throat> really, like we're constantly dressing ourselves. Like they hid be- behind these leaves, you know, because they were ashamed what they looked like. Cause now they recognize themselves, but mm-hmm. now look at like, Today, even to this day, we're still wearing clothes in shame. Mm. Like we won't say that's why, but really it is. It's like we still are covering ourselves to this mm-hmm. day. Um, and so make a long story short, uh, you know, they recognize who they were, but the only way, you know, to truly cover their recognition of themselves was you know, by their disobedience, somebody, something had to cover them. And that's where Jesus came in. Um, and he immediately yeah. gave them the solution. You guys need to cover yourselves and there has to be a sacrifice. So um, they covered themselves with tunics of skin right there. Boom. That showed something had to be sacrificed to get those skins to mm. cover them. So ultimately it became the covering became like a, 
a model of how to please him now. Because now, you know, not that he's shamed of our nakedness, but to cover, you know, our disobedience. Mm. And so Abel recognized that. And Abel, um, you know, Abel and Cain were the first two children of Adam and Eve. And they Abel understood that that covering had to take place. So he ends up sacrificing an animal while they're out and about and uh, a sacrifice to God because he understood that was something that pleased him. Mm-hmm. And then Cain was working, man. He's a worker. And this is as a you know, a contractor, a carpenter, I understand like you work all day, you put eight hours in, you got cuts on your hands, you've been sweating, you changed out two shirts, you know, your battery wasn't working at two o'clock and you had to go, you know, for your, for your, yeah, for your uh, power drill and you're, you're stressed out because you're trying to meet the demand of production and mm-hmm. you had to find a new way to do it and you had to carry plywood all day and then you got to deal with some Basically, of the work. he's tired. He's tired, man. <laughs> and you know, with the eight hour construction day and then you're in Hawaii where we got like you know, hour and a half of traffic, and then you finally get home. Right, you get this right. sense of like, you know, and then you know, come home to the family, and then you know, the wife is like, "Oh, how come you didn't, you know, take out the trash this morning?" Or why didn't you do this? And you're just like, "This is entitlement that kicks in." Like, yeah. wait a minute, man, I've been working all day trying to provide, trying to, you know, right, you don't right. even know what I went through, all the I'm hard sure work. You can relate, and you're feeling it, right? And that was Cain. Cain was working all day, and he thought that would please God, but. God was like, man, I'm so pleased with Abel. Cain was like, wait a minute, my name, my name didn't come out your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, you know, you're pleased with Abel. Um, and you know, just looking at that is kind of like religion uh, with me. Is um, you know, we can practice and keep doing all these things like a hard day of work, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately those are good. And we want to do that because that's the heart of us wanting to, you know, be more like him or fall in love with these things that are good and yeah. to practice them. But ultimately, we can't think this is the route to please God. Yeah. See, yeah. where I'm trying to bring this home is, you know, we can't earn God's love. God's real love is covering us like like um, Abel understood. And that's by Jesus, by accepting Jesus and what he did. That was our ultimate covering. It's such a weird concept where, you know, you think, I mean, because we live in this world where you know, good things produce, uh, you know, you, you, good works will produce like a good result, I guess. Mm. So, I mean, it's just weird that it kind of doesn't work that way with God's love. Yeah, it isn't. It's uh, as long as you got the the jacket of Jesus, <laughs> like he's pleased. And that's what's mm. such a freedom for us. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean just go out and do what you want, because then your heart, right, you know, because right, right. the repentance is really like, man, we're, we're, we're hitting up some gospel today, man. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. all of you just don't understand really what's going on. This is it. This is uh, this is where our love is all tied in is understanding mm-hmm. what Jesus did yeah. and how he died was that final sacrifice to cover us like like yeah. God had to do with that tunic of skin of Adam and Eve and understanding that that pleases him, Mm. you know, and the rest is just falling in love with what's good. And yeah, you're going to pursue good all for the rest of your days, but you're not going to meet the standard. Oh, heck yeah. No, heck no. But, you know, like, I I hate the things of sin, but I'm constantly going to sin. When I say that is I'm in a body that's sinful. It's already, you know, uh, you know, we're going to have to die to this body, but we will, we're promised new bodies. So that's like a cool hope to have that, you know, while I'm in this body, I'm going to constantly be at war against it, but I ain't going to meet the, I'm not going to meet this standard. So, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at religion. um, Yes, I do fight to be religious in the sense of, I want to do the things that, you know, that I love, that God loves mm-hmm. and try to pursue those. But I'm not going to meet that standard of religion. Mm-hmm. Spiritual, uh, I mean, 
I think I'm all three, man. Let's just, <laughs> I think I could, I, I'll be religious, spiritual, and faith-based. I don't think yeah. you can be one. I know what people are trying to ask is, you know, are like, you know, we got um, some, some, um, even uh, Christian relig- is religious in a mm-hmm. lot of sense of a lot of rules they put out that, you know, Shit. more man-made or taken from the Bible from back in the day that no longer really exists. A good example is like uh, in Corinthians chapter 11, um, you know, the covering of heads of women Mm. Um, was was a uh, a religion a religious uh, kind of a rule that man put in place in the 400s and just mm. basically uh, they were to cover themselves to show where they were under man you mm. know and so you know they're asking you know are we you know women aren't covering their heads no more they need to still cover their heads when they come into church and Paul's basically just telling them you know um, the Corinthians that uh, it is a man made rule mm. you know um no you don't have to cover your head if you understand the true covering is jesus that's right, really right. what we're with the whole reason god had them cover their heads in the yeah. first place is just to understand the bigger picture now that he's revealed himself you don't actually have to cover your head no more mm-hmm. um and you know i remember uh uh i used to go to a catholic church um and and um when i was 19 years old I was in a pew and I had my hat on backwards like I do right now. <laughs> church clothes look great. Just the church clothes look great. Um, the priest, I think that's what they're called, actually walked off the stage all the way up to me in front of everybody oh, and said, take geez. off your hat. And I, I remember being 19, a little rebellious. And I remember I understood that God loved me with a hat or without a hat, you know. Yeah. So I basically was like, man, this is my moment to to stand up for God. So I was like, um, I'm not taking off my hat. And he was like, well, if you don't take off your hat, you get, I got to kick you out to church. (laughs) And then I was like, well, I guess I will dismiss myself. So I walked out and I remember sitting out on the stairs and still had my hat on backwards. And, uh, he came back, he came out after the service. He's like, Hey, why wouldn't you just take off your hat? And I said, well, I said, he said, why should I take off my hat? Like, what's your reason? And he was sharing with me that Corinthians 11, you know, he said, you know, you need to cover your head or, you know, you un- men uncover their head and women cover their heads. And I'm like, nah, God loves me either way. And so I went home, I started studying the scripture and I realized where I was wrong mm-hmm. was, yeah, I was correct in the fact that, uh, you know, God loves me either way. <laughs> yeah. I, it, but, but Paul was trying to tell the Corinthians at the time is yes, you're correct. You know, um, you really don't have to wear this, but don't offend, don't offend, man. It's be- it's better to just you know wear the the covering and then keep your the your fellow person. Yeah, keep the peace. The yeah. other you don't want to have somebody walk away with offense. Like do what you can for, as your part to not have somebody have an offense. You can't control that at all times, but participate when you know you can. And so I think generally we're still in the same um, era where it's bridging old you know church with a new church, and so it, it's it's been the same. Richie, with my church where, you know, there were rules growing up and we I had that same attitude where it's like, yeah, I'm going to wear a hat while I'm leading worship. Like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, then, like you mentioned, um, you know, it's better to keep the peace on it. I totally understand that. Yeah. So that was a, a thing where I had to grow up and I think it would have been healthy for me to say, oh, yeah, so sorry about that. No problem. Take off my hat. How right. easy would that have been? I know. You yeah. know, I had, I had nothing to prove and... Ult- right, ultimately, right. you know, me leaving my hat on and proving God loves us no matter what wasn't mm-hmm. going to edify anybody, really. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. It, it's so. 
you know, that was a growing spurt. So as far as religion is concerned, I think um, I think it's important to, you know, n- always think of the bigger picture. You know, right. where can you love? Where can you not be offended? But mm. yeah, God's going to love you either way. Spirit- spirituality, that to me is just, I guess, when you talk to something that's not there. <laughs> I don't know. That's how I think of it. You know, spirituality is like maybe when we're in our uh, prayer modes and things like that, um, mm-hmm. um, when we're worshiping to, to God. So yeah. I think some people see those as different, but I think, you know, you need to understand the foundation, how it was fulfilled in religion. And then ultimately that will propel you to be spiritual and faith-based. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Awesome. I think those are important things. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we went, we went down to the beginning on that one, man. Appreciate it, right? But just a heads up, guys. This doesn't only happen in the Catholic Church or the Christian Church. As you can see, it happened to both. Um, but also organizations. I mean, yep. it's just kind of like um, old era versus new era. Almost. Mm. So it's just not, you know, one particular thing. But anyway, um, let's head down to the second stream. Let's do it. Yeah. So what are what areas, what are areas contractors lose the most money. So we're going to shift Dang. gears and uh, talk about some uh, business. <laughs> business, 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 gear shift, uh, yeah. lose money. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, so I guess I'll speak hopefully on a general um, where other contractors can relate and homeowners uh-huh. can understand. But I think, I think where we lose the most money is, uh, well, at least for us anyway, is uh, estimating. <laughs> You know, going through um, uh, estimating is it could cost a lot of money, you know, Um, and what we've done, I'll share the things that we've done to kind of simplify that where it's a benefit to the homeowner and for you as a contractor and simple and really brings minimizes the cost. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, when, you know, the whole process of uh, homeowners doing the right thing, go online, call a contractor and yeah. you got to figure out what's the next step. Like, how do you get a cost? How do you understand? Cause everything's about, yeah, understanding what you can do, but understand the cost involved. Right. So they call somebody to come in and, you know, as a contractor, we get a phone call. We talk to them for a good, you know, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably jot down the notes, uh, you know, schedule it in probably a good 45 minutes of our time during a work day. Um, and then, you know, we go to the house. So probably a 30 minute drive, usually from, you know, living mm-hmm. where we live is guaranteed going to be 30 minutes yeah. or yeah. more possibly sometimes could be an hour, depending on what time you're going. Right. Um, a lot of times the availability of homeowners is is usually rough. after work or during lunch or before work. So you got to go some, sometimes kind of in some funky hours. Yeah, um, yeah. And then when you do finally get there, you know, you spend a good hour, hopefully, just defining the scope, really looking around, measuring, yeah, taking notes. A, and then building up. <laughs> yeah. And then you come back to the office or you come back to your truck or you go to your, your, your home to figure out the estimate as a contractor. And, uh, you know, you, you write down usually it. Uh, estimate, you know, especially for like something, you know, when you're doing a kitchen, a bathroom, uh, some flooring and some things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of electrical plumbing to figure out, you yeah. know, you got to look at your pictures back and forth. Sometimes those estimates could take about two or three hours, um, you know, to really put it together, uh-huh. uh, do your takeoff and get your costs. But then you got to put together a proposal or an estimate. So you do have a template. You finally figured out how to put it. And then you got to really define everything that's involved, you know, and you really want to do it as sooner, as soon as possible, because it starts like time goes by, you start forgetting all the little, you know, details, even though you, you have some good notes. 
So you put together the proposal, mm-hmm. then you finally able to send it. Um, and then, you know, you don't hear anything back for a couple of days, maybe a week and, or if you do even, but you know, you finally touch base with them. They have some questions. You got to uh-huh. revise because yep. the cost is a little too high. So make a long story short, I'm going through this little, little story, but ultimately we're looking at a good, easy, sometimes a full eight hours to 12 hours per estimate. Um, you know, th- those costs can be between five, seven to a thousand dollars easy for small yeah. projects you know so you know if you do like 10 of those a week yeah. <laughs> that kind of adds up like how do you even fit that into your schedule to do other right, things right. it's where you need to hire somebody we talked about in the other podcast but Assets. it's a lot of money lost if you go through that traditional process i mean you can really but you know you think you have to do it right mm. you have to you know take the time to uh go through this because that's how you get work so mm-hmm. you know you have to go there so um, you have to go through all this process, but I think losing money, I think, uh, it is, it's lost. You can call it an investment cause you're hoping to get a job, but ultimately if you have window shoppers or people are just trying to be edified or educated yeah, yeah, yeah. on, uh, you know, what's going on, then, um, you can easily waste, you know, 10 opportunities just for window shoppers, you know, and there's nothing wrong with window shopping, but yeah. it does cost money and that's where yeah. it gets a, a lost money. It's not a true interest. So yeah. my recommendation <laughs> is really do your numbers and simplify the cost and find a way to present it over the phone before you start anything. So that's what we've done to simplify the cost. It helps the homeowner, it helps you, um, you know, cause if they have $5,000 and trying to do a $30,000 kitchen, you mm-hmm. need to have a way to understand the scope of work. Um, you know, and, generally don't need to know all the details but generally what are you doing you could give them at least a range you know hey this is a 25 to forty thousand dollar kitchen easily and if they have five thousand they might not know any better they may they don't know what the kitchen cost is it's not like it's on a shelf somewhere saying you know you can't really shop online for kitchen costs so they got to go through this process so um just understanding the cost, first of all, can really help not only filter out people, but just educate homeowners um, and help you just, what did you spend, 30 minutes on the phone versus, right, right. you know, 8 to 12 hours right, times yeah. 10 a week. Yeah. Um, so just really doing your homework to find out how do you simplify your costs. Especially contractors, so easy. Mm-hmm. Drywall guys, flooring guys, painting guys. Just try to figure out all your costs that you've done for projects and then figure out your cost per square foot. And just ask them the, you know, people, what's the square foot of your home? And you just give them a general cost. This is where it's generally going to be between, you it's know, $12,000, $18,000 to, yeah. to paint the interior of your home. You know, I mean, I'm going to have to come out and do the measurements, but want to make sure you understand the cost first. It's funny know? because I, I thought, um, I thought that estimating the law um where the loss was was the i guess like misinformation that you give them mm. but it's actually like going the there process. And, yeah, the process yeah yeah, yeah 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 so that's a good clarification i didn't know um the loss was there yeah, yeah. the loss can be on the other side if you don't Right. <laughs> really, you know, if you're not, yeah, yeah, if you don't know what you're doing. Um, but ideally, you should be able to know your cost, you know, um, understand your costs. And to all my contractors out there, especially specialty contractors, I would say, you know, really study your data and understand your cost per square foot and linear foot and area um, mm. versus manpower hours and materials, yeah, you know, cause that's, that's a, that's a big variance. But when you start under your cost per square foot, you're sticking with a, a standard in the market and there's a benefit for a better reward, you know, um, when you start getting larger projects. So I think it's just a healthy way to bid, um, yeah. you know, and you know, there's a lot of variances when you think, Oh, let's see five guys for six days. What if one of those guys don't, 
don't show up. What if one of them, you know, feel had a bad week and it's just too many variances there. Right, so just right. looking at your history on a year, the past year, just take those costs. Um, and then being able to present those to homeowners on the phone, mm-hmm. I think can really eliminate a lot of wasted time and money um, and really help you be efficient, trying to be efficient in the estimating process. So guys, try to understand that. If you don't know how <laughs> or if it's difficult, hire someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hire someone who knows how to do that data. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think there's probably a thousand other ways that people would answer that question. But uh, I think this is money that should not be wasted because mm-hmm. the standard is not to charge a homeowner for an estimate, right? So, right, you know, right. it's not like, you know, we've gone to that trying to charge because $75 to make up for the $750. And homeowners like, wait a minute, I can get three other bids for free. I ain't even going to come to you. you know, yeah, so, yeah, you yeah. know, that's the standard. So how to protect yourself from the standard by simplifying it, but it being actually, you know, more efficient and uh, uh, bringing costs to the table early for homeowners, I think is a better solution. Awesome. All right. Good info, guys. Um, <laughs> we're going to head down to our last stream, construction stream, which is what do you think makes a good carpenter? Now, this is super broad, but um, what <laughs> can you name me maybe like the three best qualities you see in a carpenter specifically? So we're going to go three, the magic three. Magic three, yeah. Because right. this could be, you know, this could go off. <laughs> yeah, no, this is easy. Uh, uh, humble, smart. <laughs> <laughs> humble, smart, and um, hungry. And hungry, hungry, yeah. Those are the three. Um but let's define that in the carpenter world. I think mm. humility is huge. Um, the first thing I was taught the first day I picked up a hammer and I started you know, working on a construction field when I was 25 years old is my foreman or the owner of the company, but he was also like a foreman slash uh, mm-hmm. superintendent too. You know, he told me, hey, look at these uh these old guys and he looks i look over you know a couple 50 and 60 year olds he said don't ever be like them he's i was like oh what do you mean like older (laughs) and he said um no man they think they know everything like because he's like i think in his 40s and he's still trying to teach them but they they're not trying to hear it because they've you know they think they know everything he said look if i can give you anything just always be open and ready to learn because carpentry Mm -hmm. just keeps evolving there's always something to learn there's always something just take the good from everything man he's like just Mm -hmm. constantly be humble and i i kept that with me um and i try to teach that to people that i work with and uh, try to pour that into the company and i think that's a healthy thing for a carpenter for a tradesman is Mm. just don't think you know it all man um i get we got to kill pride in the culture of construction because this pride thing is killing the culture of construction it's we can't move forward if everyone's trying to hoard information or nobody wants to learn the next thing or everyone mm-hmm. thinks they can install everything or everyone thinks they're the best installer we're not going to move forward so i think number one is humble yourself let's grow together um there's yeah, always yeah. something to learn things keeps changing you know people i have you know, I've we've had carpenters that clash with the whole technology thing because i'm this you know uh 30 year old that brought in this software, you know, mm-hmm. to, to the industry that we, you know, connect everybody just by using apps and, you know, all the stuff. And, right, you know, right. the, the old timers are like, man, I don't, I don't know how to do that, but, but, but you know how to build a house. Yeah, yeah. You don't know <laughs> how to press send and upload a picture on an yeah. app, but you know how to build a house. So, okay. Yeah. You know, the humility needs to be there, man. So we all can mm. grow. There's the, the apps and the technology. That's just another tool. Let's learn how to use it, you yeah, know? So yeah. 
in the trades world, just be ready to learn and keep growing with your trade because this younger generation is going to weed you out. And I would hate that, you know, because mm-hmm. um, we need the elders. They have so much craftsmanship and skill right. that the younger generation needs, yeah. you know, so both ways, both guys, we all need to be humble. That's that's like the big one. Um, hungry. Uh, that's just like, do you have that that? that rocky push rocky you know the boxer from the movie rocky mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. uh sylvester stallone <laughs> rocky balboa do you have that fight in you to you know show up to work on time to you know work hard through the day you know um yeah. all day just constantly pushing wanted to be the best version of yourself to be putting the best product to constantly have that that you know strive that to grow as a carpenter, I think that's huge. Uh, yeah, for my number hungry, two, with the hungry part, sorry, Rich. Um, uh, particularly for construction, you, fit, you have to physically be um, able to. I'm uh, not able, but you got to be. You got to have that tenacity in. You that. do. You have to have that. You have to have that push and fight because it's a physical world. It's right. a physical. Uh, whether you're a man or a woman in the field, uh, like you can't you can't come and just think you're going to be lax for the day. You have to mm. be in shape. You got to eat right. You got to, right. you know. You see a lot of construction guys, you know, uh, smoking cigarettes all day and eating big fat. Uh, plate lunches we got to cut that out of construction because you're not going to survive either you know uh atn is setting a new uh standard of excellence and uh healthy is the new mindset construction carpenter guys have to have you know if you want to survive this trade Mm. you know be healthy uh and healthy will help you be hungry right Mm -hmm. you know because if you keep filling yourself up you ain't gonna be hungry you're gonna be lazy sleepy yeah yeah. yeah so you know uh being smart is the last one just um you know uh constantly learn you know your capacity of what you can do really will set you apart as well so constantly go on youtube talk to your elders or those who've been in the trade longer, mm-hmm. constantly learn, um, fill yourself up with knowing how to do things and how mm-hmm. to do them right. You know, um, try to just constantly, uh, learn new tools, buy a new tool. So um, just growing your capacity and your tool level and your knowledge level and application level, I think is huge. So those are the three main things in a carpentry or in a carpenter that I would say to help you excel to next level is just, you know, if you're coming into the trade, and you're like, man, what are, what are the three things ATN says to do? <laughs> this is it. Humble yourself. Yeah. <laughs> go on YouTube. Get as much. Learn everything you touch. Go on YouTube and study. You got to go through at least a three years of going on YouTube every night, Monday through Friday, and just keep learning. You just have yeah. to. This is a trade of capacity. You know, right. you either have it or you don't. And then stay healthy mm-hmm. so you can perform. You know, uh, Sunday nights don't drink. You go to sleep on time, you know, mm. um, you, you staying hungry is doing your laundry over the weekend and not coming in with, you know, last minute clothes going to, you know, all these kind of things play a big part in being a carpenter or a tradesman, yeah. you know, so it'll set you apart. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So those are three things we look for uh, carpenters as well. Yeah. If anybody's looking, man, uh, we hire like, I think, five carpenters a month. So we're constantly growing. Uh, Yes, we are growing. um, (laughs) If you know anyone. uh... Yeah. Yeah. Send them this way. Apply. Apply. So cool. All right, awesome, guys. That's going to wrap it up for episode 11, Rich. Yeah, yeah. we are in the boat. We're we are going, getting down we're today. And, uh, <laughs> to the next 11. <laughs> to the next 11. Let's do this. Actually, Rich, uh, is there anything uh, coming up for us this uh, week? Or Yeah, we, we are 
um, in the ATN, all things new world, we are closing up three big new home projects. So this summer, we're going to have some fun uh, picture video releases of just products that we finally finished. You know, yeah, our uh, projects yeah. are getting larger, so the, the sharing of pictures are not as... Uh, uh, you know, immediate as, as usual, but um, those this summer is going to be exciting. We have three commercials that are going to be airing on uh, Hawaii News Now, mm-hmm. um, and Coffee and Carpentry uh, second uh, episode is going to be releasing um, next month. So we're just super pumped. A lot of big things coming up. Um, yes, you know, in the company and in the production world. So it's going to be cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for rocking with us, guys, and uh, see you at uh, episode twelve. Let's do this. Shoots. I come from a poor family. Day. 